Welcome to episode 55 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what's good, peeps? Hope all is well. I myself am good. I just came off the phone recently to my uh, publisher for a book which I've been working on. I don't know if I've mentioned about it. I'm not sure if I've mentioned about it on the podcasts, but um, I know I have done in my IG stories on uh, Instagram. So this book is going to be sort of covering a, a little bit about where I started and the journey which I went through, you know, from uh, sprinting into bodybuilding and slowly merging into biohacking and really focusing on health optimization and longevity. I mean, I'm now in my 40s, going to be 42 in about three months, and I have never felt better, in all fairness. I think a high factor of that is because mentally I'm in the right place. I'm in a very good place. I think um, when I was a teenager, um, it was hard times. I didn't know where I was in life, in all fairness. Um, but you'll, you, you'll read more about that in my book when it comes out. Um, and in my 20s, um, still very, very confused. And I think things started to make more sense in my early 30s. I started to understand, okay, this is my purpose in life. Okay, how do I steer my way? And um, things started to make more and more sense the older I got. Now I feel in a position where I'm a lot better. I remember coming across this, um, <laughs> I don't know if it was a meme or uh, a saying. I think it was probably a meme. And it said, when you're in your 20s, you care too much about what people think. And then when you are in your 40s, you no longer care what other people think. But then when you're in your 60s, you realize that nobody cared about you anyway. <laughs> oh man, I thought that was brilliant. That is brilliant. So um, I think I've already advanced, advanced with the idea that no one really cares anyway. I'm not saying like no one cares about you, but the truth is people really care about themselves. So to stop worrying about what other people think because they're thinking about themselves first. <laughs> Even if they're projecting their their, their ideas onto you, um, that's because they they think that it's a good idea because they would do it. You know, if someone's projecting fears on you, it's because it's their fears. Anyways, <clears throat> today is a very good podcast. I am. Um, talking with with someone who goes by the name of Lucas and his Instagram handle goes by ergogenic ergogenic health and I came across his profile when he had commented on someone else's profile and I was like who is this person that was a pretty good comment <laughs> clicked on his page and saw these incredible structured posts there were like nice graphics of, let's say, 
I don't know, a pomegranate, a picture of a pomegranate, and then it would have a, a simple writing on the graphic or on the picture, and this beautifully orchestrated uh, caption. And I'm like, wow, that's really well laid out with great detail. And one thing I really loved about his page was, although he would talk about certain foods that everyone would typically know about, he would talk about it from a completely different angle. He would say something like, well, you would know that this particular vegetable has this and this and this, but did you know this? And it will tell you something that will just throw you off. You're like, what? Really? I didn't know. And because of that alone, I was like, I like this guy. So shot him a DM, asked him if he would be happy to do a podcast with me. And um, yeah, we got a little conversation going on and really liked his vibe. And here we are today. So yeah, he goes by the name of Lucas and uh, he's Australian. And um, he's a resourceful biohacker and a performance hacker. He's also an expert in uh, modulating the brain, hormones and energy. He has a background in exercise science and is currently completing his naturopathy degree. Now, Lucas is highly motivated and passionate about helping others achieve optimal health and focuses much of his effort on performance optimization. Okay, let's bring on Lucas. So, Lucas, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Rog. How are you, man? Good. Very well. I've noticed uh, we're on different, completely different time zones. I'm on, what, 16 minutes past nine in the evening. What time is it for you? Yeah, quarter past uh, 8 a.m. in the morning. So, yeah, nice and early. Nice. What time do you normally work up, wake up? I uh, usually get up around, yeah, 5.30, 6 a.m. Yeah, oh, lovely. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Do you have like a, a little morning ritual when you wake up to get yourself going or you just, uh, it changes every day? How does it work for you? Yeah, actually, well, since lockdown, I actually got my hands on a, uh, a walking treadmill desk. Um, so first thing I do when I get up now is actually just do some very like moderate intensity cardio like fasted cardio i find that's been really good just a really great way to start the day um and just generally like feeling more switched on more alert and i also plan out my day when i start that so yeah i've been really enjoying that i've become really addicted to my walking treadmill desk that's awesome i need to get one of those i've yeah. seen a few it's like it's trending at the moment you know Forget the election. That is what is trending right now. Seriously, one of those walking desks. I, I need to get that for real. Um, that's cool, man. That's cool. So on Instagram, you go by the name Ergogenic Health. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I came across your page. I think you commented on someone else's page. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting comment. Let me, let me just have a little nose and see what's going on. So I clicked on your, um, your username and I just saw this perfectly structured layout of a profile with 
like bold words, nice imagery, and all this great uh, description for a caption on everything. I was like, wow, this is truly organized. And I was, I was like, this is incredible. And, and one of the main things that really stood out to me about your page was you would find a typical topic which most people will talk about but you would not talk about the typical thing that people would talk about. It's so interesting. Like you'll find a subject and then maybe in a person's head, they'll be able to associate with it, but then you'll write something completely different. You know, you'd be like, oh, but did you know this? And I think one of the things I was reading recently, I think he was talking about eggplant. And I don't even know if I knew anything about eggplant, but then you were saying something about, well, did you know it has nicotine? And I was like, what? Nicotine? Seriously? And that was, to me, that was just random. But yeah. it was very interesting, you know? I'm sure, uh, I know you put like a lot more detail there. I know you put down the amount of milligrams per eggplant. And, you know, in order to get the same amount of a cigarette, you need to eat, I don't know, a certain amount of eggplants, which I'm not sure a person would do just for some nicotine, you know? But it was really interesting, nonetheless. Mm. Um, but like, so on your page, you give all these really interesting stuff on, um, I guess, like, maybe functional medicine side of things. Mm. But what is your background and, and what, where did you come up with the name Ergogenic Health? Yeah, t- tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. So... I guess my journey really started out um, as a professional soccer player. I was always sort of trying to figure out more about my physiology and understand what I could take or what I could eat or what I could do to improve my performance on the soccer field. Um, And then from there, I sort of got involved in like a startup, which was like a nootropics startup here in Melbourne. Um, I helped to like formulate a product Um, with some novel ingredients uh, that people, again, not many people know about. Um, I think that's really one of my core drivers is that like I want to share things that people have never heard about Mm because I'm I'm the guy who sits behind the computer, checks his PubMed research notifications every morning, and then I'm like, what can I add to the table? What can I bring? What value can I add to the world? And that for me is like, you hit the nail on the head. I talk about things that are kind of underground, slightly fringe, but still research-backed. Um, yeah, so that's definitely one of the hallmark, like my hallmark um, drivers is like I want to share things that's novel, so like unique, and basically just show people that I know my stuff. Um, and I think the Instagram is a great way to do that, and it has been a great way. And now the plan is to just expand upon that and, you know, build a YouTube channel, which I've just released a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, just to go back to your, to your question, I studied exercise science for a year and a half um, and sort of, you know, exited that. And now I transitioned into my naturopathy degree, which I'm in my final trimester. It's a four-year um, degree, so I'm just finishing off my... Uh, naturopathy degree sort of as we speak that's awesome that's awesome and what started your journey exactly Mm. Uh, I guess 
actually, when I when I come back to that question, it's a common trait amongst, I guess, in general, like high performers, and that is not feeling good enough. It, it really stems all the way back to just not feeling good enough, either at you know at school or even though I was getting like distinctions and good marks and things, I was always like not feeling good enough. Um, just a high achiever in general. But even like, you know, playing soccer, that's where I was, you know, not feeling like I was performing good enough, not meeting my coach's expectations at a very young age. So I think that really was like the hallmark driver for me to sort of delve into, right, you know, if I'm not feeling good enough, how can I make up for that using like biohacking, nootropics, supplements, um, different modalities, lifestyle therapies, hacking my sleep. Um, and then from there, just really just fell in love with um, taking control of your physiology. I just, I love that idea of having full control. It's very empowering. You feel very, I don't know what it is. Like, do you, do you feel the same way at all? Like just having that. It's, it's, yeah. It is, it's really empowering. You know, it started off for me. I used to sprint as a kid, and um, and I I remember watching some of the sprinters as they was running, and I used to play it back in slow motion on the TV, and you would just see the rippling muscles, and I was like, wow, I want that. So from there, I learned you needed to do some resistance training. So that's when mm -hmm. I started to do resistance training. I slowly started to see you know, physically my body was changing and I was feeling stronger. And naturally I wanted to eat the foods, which is going to complement my training. And as these things started to synergize together, you start to look a bit further into nutrition and just lifestyle altogether. And as I started to get older and now we've got this thing called biohacking, it's, it, wow, it can go into so many different directions. It's, it's such an amazing thing. You know, mm. taking mm. The, uh, the, 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 the steering wheel of your health and just uh, having full control of it. Mm. I find it fascinating. Um, mm. you, man, you talk about so many different things. I don't even, I don't even know where to start, but let's, let's, let's talk about nootropics because I know that's an area which you specialize in. I've tried so many different uh, nootropics and I've got to say that I don't know. I think many of them are rubbish. Mm. You know, I'm not going to mention any names <laughs> because that'll be cruel. But I've had companies send me stuff and I've been excited thinking, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to open up my mind. I'm going to be able to, I don't know, maybe create some kind of flow state in my head. I think that's like the ultimate goal for so many people. They want that flow state, you know? And I know there's certain breathing exercises which you can do in order to achieve that, in order to, you know, achieve that higher state. But um, yeah, with some nootropics, some of them are terrible. Uh, there's one which I thought was okay. I think it was called a troscription. And they've got a combination of um, CBD, uh, nicotine, caffeine, and methylene blue i think it was like um one milligram of each or something like that and i i found that that is pretty good if, mm. if i don't abuse it use it too often um my body will clear of it and the next time i take it 
you know my body will respond nice and well that's a nice mm. little combination from from your experience in studying nootropics what would you say are the fundamentals to get some kind of um cognitive lift from these uh, nootropics yeah well i guess it yeah it really it really comes back to i guess what the individual's goals are like whether they want to increase focus um improve short-term memory uh improve arousal or wakefulness or reduce anxiety it sort of comes back to understanding the person's um desires or goals understanding where they're wanting to deploy these nootropics so for example what's the environment in which they want to use them do they want to use them for studying do they want to use them on stage as a comedian do they want to uh you know do they want to use it at a, at a party or things like that to reduce anxiety for, to boost the confidence um so it really does come back to um what the person's goals are because i mean i've found i mean i've constructed stacks like certain nootropic stacks for myself that have been absolutely phenomenal particularly in like a social or party setting where i've been able to mimic the effects of say drinking or um you know just feeling disinhibited like socially a bit loose um feeling confident like just sort of in the flow state without actually drinking alcohol so like that's a, that's an example of like if you know what you're doing if you know how to customize and put together these particular compounds you can really man you can blow i mean i've some of the things that have come out of my mouth like i'll just be like what did i just say man like it's just <laughs> yeah what's what sort of examples of um if somebody wanted to study like they wanted to be they want sharp focus what is a good one for them okay so for sharp focus i would lean towards compounds that work on acetylcholine so acetylcholine is that that is a neurotransmitter that governs and regulates um focus memory and executive function so for me i'd say i'd lean towards one of my favorites which is uridine monophosphate wow. um that one there is you'll see it used in a few uh, nootropic stacks but i also see it used in the wrong like um sort of that they, they, they tend to combine it with other ingredients that that sort of offset the beneficial effects so between 150 to 200 milligrams of uridine monophosphate can really sort of light up the brain improve mental clarity um improve that sort of verbal fluency and that just focus um so that's one really cool one um and then we have other ones like one that's actually uh from russia now this one is uh, have you heard of like adaptogens before yeah i've got i've got a ton of them in the house yeah so this one here was actually the very first synthetic adaptogen ever developed um so a lot of a lot of them are now you know we've got rhodiola the ginsengs like all of those adaptogenic herbs but bromant this this one from russia is called bro man tame so it's got it's got bro man and tame and that's (laughs) that one there 
is uh, it's basically, like I said, it's the very first synthetic adaptogen. It was actually used by cosmonauts and by Russian athletes to uh, fight fatigue and um, combat physical and psychological stress. And um, it sort of normalizes and modulates uh, the body. So that's another one there that's quite, um, I guess, not really well known again. Uh, that one completely blew me away when I first tried it. I was just an absolute beast for like 12 hours. Wow. Um, I'm guessing it's something you can't just get on the internet. Well, it is, it is available. It is accessible now. It's pretty easily accessible. Um, I've got various vendors like on my website, like reliable ones. Cause it's not, you've got to be careful with um, these, particularly with nootropics. Like you've got to be really careful because a lot of them are, effect or the, the quality's poor things like that so yeah um yeah right right um so could you could you use the same type for if you was talking on a stage or would you need something else oh okay so when it comes to feeling socially loose or i guess like maybe mm. having that confidence you know for example sometimes you feel uh, like you might be in a social setting and you're too stuck in your own head. Like you just, yeah. you know, you're just overthinking things. You're stuck in your own head. You're not able to just be carefree and loose and just be able to be so expressive that you just, mm. it's free flowing and it's just happy days. Cause you just, you say whatever you want. You're not worried about the repercussions. You're just free flowing. Mm. Um, I mean, I formulated, yeah, there's, there's one herb from Brazil. Um, that I got my hands on that really enhanced, like it really improved that aspect of my um, confidence. And it was really pronounced. I'd try it every like Saturday, like every weekend. And I, after a couple of hours after I took it in like a, um, it was a herbal extract. So this is a herbal based product. It's called Katwaba. Um, Katwaba. Yeah, Katwaba. Mm. Uh, that one there is used, if you go to Brazil, I haven't been yet, but I will one day. Um, but <laughs> if you go to Brazil and you mention uh, Katwaba. Get arrested. No, joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll find that a lot of, like, they, a lot of them know it. A lot of them have used the herb. They actually use it as an aphrodisiac because um, it, it does heighten, like, um, uh, sexual uh, sensitivity and things like that. So, yeah, Katsuaba is, and there's a link there, by the way. There's a major link there between sexual confidence and also social confidence. Um, you know, if we look at the neurotransmitters, the pathways there, it's it's very much linked, um, which is interesting. Wow, my mind's going uh, you know, all over the place right now. This is this is pretty interesting. Did you say you you sell that on the website, or you just checked it out for yourself, or it's part of something that you've put together? This catwalk. So I think I'm very interested in that. <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's really really novel. I I did use it in a formula that I've I we almost got to market. Um, it was called Brainex. Uh, it was catwalk was the main ingredient. Mm. But uh, fortunately, we, due to all the restrictions here in Australia, it was really it was very difficult to get to manufacture and get to market. Um, 
but it's on the table if it's there. I know one day eventually maybe a chance will, the opportunity will present itself and, you know, we can get it to market. But this cat's guava, you can get as a herbal extract. Um, and I can send you reliable vendors. We can show you which companies that I've used. Um, but that one there, you can literally use that alone, like as a standalone, a um, mm-hmm. couple of hours before you go out. Or if you want to, you know, be social or you don't want to drink alcohol and you're like, right, I want to use something else. Yeah. Um, that's where cat's guava can really come in handy. And it sort of, it sort of tickles the, uh, the opioid receptors as well. It doesn't, it doesn't have this typical, like, you know, some of the powerful oxycodons and, you know, the, it doesn't have the same opioid like effect, but it does yeah. have a really mild analgesic effect as well. And I think part of that opioid activity is what makes you feel comfortable. Cause remember if you feel comfortable within, and that's what opioids do like do, they make you feel comfortable because they're providing um, pain alleviation and or pleasure then think about how you can use that in a social environment or even in the gym, for example, to, you know, just, just absolutely kick ass. Mm, that sounds really interesting. I like that. Yeah, definitely send me a link on that. I want to check that out. Yeah, so sure. as, as, you, as you're talking about these things, I remember seeing somewhere on a post, um, so a combination of things, you, you was talking about adaptogens and you know we're talking about nootropics and um also uh, um lion's mane came to my mind and i know that lion's mane is supposed to be good for like you know cognitive enhancement and um but then the downside is it can affect you sexually Mm. you wrote that and i was like wait uh, I'm, I'm i'm having this like every day <laughs> okay let me just step back you know and i thought let me just speak to you about that could you could could you like open that up a bit more like tell me a bit more as to why it would affect um uh male and females sexually mm. yeah so and this is something i've discussed quite a lot with a few other um, guests and things like that. But basically it comes back to, I mean, there's constituents and chemicals found within lion's mane, the mushroom, um, that can block an enzyme known as 5-alpha reductase. And 5-alpha reductase is what converts testosterone into DHT. Now, You'll hear all over, like on the web, people talk about how DHT causes male pattern baldness or prostate issues and acne and things like that. That is not entirely the case. Uh, There's actually a lot of other factors that play a role in those conditions. But when it comes to like sexuality and uh, libido and things like that, and from a brain perspective, just feeling um, like you've got that interest if you block the DHT production in the brain, you're, you're affecting a lot of the other neurotransmitters that DHT affects. And also some of the metabolites of DHT, um, such as allopregnenolone, can really influence um, 
just general like libido and, and sexual interests. So you'll see many reports. And I'm, I was one of the guys that got like pretty severely affected by lion's mane in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, right. Well, so, did you have like music playing, like romantic music playing, candle and stuff, and then you're both just sitting there like, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's happening here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. So, how did you find out? Uh, it was yeah. Basically, I lost my morning wood, like right. that, that completely disappeared after about two weeks of usage, and then. Yeah, just in general, like um, as I was dating, I wasn't really just I wasn't really feeling my typical self. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I know a lot of other guys have also reported the same effects. You know, if you go online, you'll see so many Reddit threads of guys complaining of this exact same issue. So I'm just, I think it's important to, I mean, it doesn't apply to everyone. Not everyone, not every guy gets affected by uh, lion's mane. Um, Not that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but like, obviously there are a lot of other benefits to the mushroom, like immune health, brain health, things like that. So I just think, I just think that like, I know a lot of guys, they don't want to lose that component of their manhood. Um, and I think, for them, I know I can relate and empathize with them because it's like, right, I'm taking this mushroom to improve my focus at work or um, my productivity. But when it comes to getting it on, like, it's not. <laughs> One <laughs> it's, head is working, the other head is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. <laughs> I have to think about that now. Interesting. I'm, I wonder why it would affect some and not others. Because in the morning, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have an issue there, mm, or any other way. Um, interesting. Well, yeah, I'll definitely look a bit further into that. Yeah. So, um, what other, what, what other um, things would be good as a, a nootropic? So you, you've got. You got things that can help you with focus. You got the uh, I don't know a more um, socially a social one, and social sexual. What others did you say? Was there any other types? Uh, uh, other ones such as like um, just to reduce uh, brain fog, like or general something that can enhance like verbal fluency. Ooh, so like. Right being able to find the right word very quickly or accessing, you know, unique vocabulary, if you want to. Ooh, call it. give me some of that. Yeah. Um, so oh, it's going to come back to things that work on that acetylcholine side of things. So one that I found was quite effective in that department was actually a combination of a sublingual royal jelly so royal jelly um and also artichoke extract as well so mm. that combination there i found was quite good at just i guess alleviating the brain fog feeling sort of witty and switched on verbally 
and just, yeah, I guess enhancing that um, ability to, to sort of articulate your ideas instead of feeling a little bit like there's like a, I don't know, like there's dust in your brain or whatever. Like sometimes it just doesn't feel like things are fired on completely. A sublingual royal jelly and artichoke extract can do a pretty good job at giving you like a four to six hour burst of really good mental clarity without it being like a typical stimulant such as caffeine or um, nicotine, things like that. So that's another really good option. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I know that sometimes I've heard of people having all these different nootropics, but they still feel as though their brain is not firing up. Um, Mm. What do you think that could be? Toxins in the food they eat or? Yeah. um, And this is, it's a good point because uh, I always say nootropics are like the icing on the cake, but really it comes back to if you're, if you've got brain fog, we need to strip it back all the way back and be like, right, does they, does this person have a thyroid dysfunction? Does this person have a nutrient deficiency somewhere? Does this person have adrenal dysfunction? Um, we need to look at the, yeah, obviously looking at the body as very like a holistic fashion. Uh, and as you said as well, like with the heavy metals and toxins, man, they can absolutely yeah wreak havoc with, uh, in particular brain function as well, because a lot of these heavy metals are a fat soluble and the brain is made up of primarily fat. So you can imagine where they'd like to store and accumulate. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 And, and funny enough, it's, it's mentioned, obviously fish has a lot of fat, which is good for the brain, but if you're not careful, then you can also accumulate a lot of heavy metal from that fish, mm. you know? So yeah, that's, that's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> um, okay. So your page is filled up with so many different foods and all these amazing stuff. I think on there, you're talking about lemon as well. Um, mm. bitter lemon. I think you mentioned it, it lowers your blood sugar levels. Um, yeah, you could use it to, yeah, hack your blood sugar level. And I've never thought of like, Bit of lemon that way. Um, oh, the, the bit of melon. Yeah, yeah. Is it melon? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay, but yeah, a bit of melon. That's it. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's very interesting. Where did you get that information? PubMed. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Could you explain how this this works, and um, sure. yeah, how a person could uh, add it to their diet and. Mm. As, as, a, as a benefit for them. Mm. So with bitter melon, there's compounds found within the fruit and uh, not the seeds within the fruit mm-hmm. that uh, can basically mimic some of the effects of insulin in the body. So what that means is that it can help to reduce the body's total uh, demand to use insulin to lower the sugar so i'll put it really simply for your audience so like basically insulin's one of insulin's functions is to help unlock a sugar to enter into the muscle or liver um, or other tissues right so bitter melon can its compounds can actually help with basically uh lowering blood sugar by mimicking insulin targeting the liver to 
uh, improve glucose metabolism. And then it can also uh, support the pancreas. The, 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 the pancreas is where the body creates insulin, um, the beta cells. It can actually help to support pancreatic beta cell function. So we've got, and there's so many other pathways and receptors and things like that that it works on. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, like a rabbit yeah. hole there. Um, in terms of like, how can people use it? Like to put it in layman's terms, um, well, I, I don't, it's hard to get my hands on the actual bitter melon here. Like we don't actually have, it's difficult to find. I don't know if it is it the same for you or. I, no, bitter melon. No, I have, I don't think I've seen that. Like I've, yeah. if you're talking about like watermelon, no. Yeah. But in bitter melon, no, um, no. Yeah. So instead I, I've got, I got myself like a, a good quality bitter melon extract, uh, one that's, you know, one that's been studied. And so I'll just pop one of those like 20 to 30 minutes before, let's say I'm having a binge. I'm, you know, I know I'm going to have a binge or whatever. I'm going to go out. Um, I know I'm going to eat donuts or whatever. Uh, that's when I'll, you know, use something like bitter melon to, even though I know it's obviously like, it's okay to let loose and have fun. But at the same time, like, eh, I know that if I want to keep my body composition funk, like well and things like that, then I think it's a really smart strategy for those who don't want to feel as bad for letting loose. You know, that's basically what I'm doing. I like that. I like that. I, I always got this sort of mitigation plan uh, when, when I'm going out. I have some digestive enzymes. I'll knock more back. If I'm going to, you know, binge on something which might be high glycemic, for instance, um, you've got uh, bioptimizers which have, you know, bioptimizers. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got the gluten guardian. So if I decide I want a bit of gluten, it helps to break down the gluten, you know, with mm -hmm. no struggle. And also, it's got like lots of um, lots of en enzymes for the carbohydrates, so I can not feel as bad <laughs> um what else what else i know that there's some other things that i do but yeah i'll i'm gonna throw that in the mix should i find it <laughs> in the shop yeah. that's so cool that's a real yeah. good one what's mm. your thoughts on i know you mentioned about cacao nibs being very uh very good i can't remember what it was good for um mm. cacao nibs what did you say it was good for? Uh, so, it, it, I mean, it's, it's good because it contains uh, theobromine, which is like a, a long-lasting and mild sort of stimulant. That's like, if you look at it, I think the Greek word for theobromine is like food of the gods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that one there, obviously, cacao, cacao nibs contain more than just theobromine. There's a lot of other constituents and chemicals, as with all these amazing herbs. And that's one thing to, to really highlight is that when we look at these herbs and when we look at, for example, lion's mane, what happens is in science is that we will think that it's one constituent found within the herb that has the effects, right? That has the mood in, or the, the increases nerve growth factor. But really when we look at the herb, there are thousands of chemicals, constituents, things like that. And it's, 
what's known as the entourage effect, which is the amazing synergy of all these compound constituents that actually lead to a better net effect than just the one, you know, that's what, you? you know, big pharma, um, for example, you know, metformin, for example, that's a constituent that's sort of been derived from a plant. So when it comes to, I mean, that's why the thing is though, I, I'm not fully, I'm, I'm sort of in the middle. My dad's a pharmacist, you know, I've come from, worked in that i've worked in that space so i know that sort of background but i'm also you know studying naturopathy so i'm sort of in the middle like you know but both i see both sides yeah Uh, yeah hi guys i just want to take a moment to discuss about a life science technology which helps repair everyday cell damage caused by what you eat what you breathe and what you're exposed to and oxidative stress Now, do you want to strengthen your immune system, increase your vitality, and slow the aging process? Well, ENG3's patented NanoV technology produces the same biological signal your body makes to repair cell damage brought by free radicals. Free radicals damage your cells every single day. Now, damaged cells leads to aging and poor health. Better cellular repair is the key to speeding up your recovery, optimizing energy production, promoting healthy aging, and help fight off chronic disease and viruses. Now, the Nano-V isn't just a tool to help protect you against sickness. It is something you use to reach your optimal peak and thrive. Now, for more information, visit eng3corp.com forward slash snipes. Now, to break it down in spelling, it is E-N-G-3, which is the number three, corp, C-O-R-P, dot com, forward slash, snipes. Is, is, would you say cacao nibs is, is, has the same nutritional value as cacao powder? Uh, hmm. It, it... There would be a lot of similarities in terms of its um, nutritional breakdown, um, but in terms of the total amount of, like, say, caffeine or um, theobromine, there there would be differences there. I personally like the nibs because they I, I get a quicker onset of the like the mood elevation and the mental clarity effects from mm-hmm. the nibs. If I chew them, think about it; it's just going to sit in the mucous membranes. And a lot of these compounds can get absorbed in the oral, like the oral mucosa. Um, so that's one thing to probably one reason why I like to use them over just the regular powder. But the powder is also really good, yeah. As well. What about for children? Because they can they have caffeine in there as well, right? They do. Um, so with children, I mean, I probably wouldn't go beyond say like maybe like less than a gram you know gotta be yeah i'm not that well versed i don't have any kids right so. <laughs> i've got a daughter and sometimes i'll give it to her you want some chocolate i'm not giving you no milk chocolate I have some cacao nibs so uh <laughs> I'll, I'll be uh monitoring her to see how she does <laughs> calling the teacher how does she do in school oh really <laughs> you know um all right i'll i'll uh yeah i'll look into that um 
one thing you had spoken about was, which I found interesting, was about vitamin D. You'd mentioned to not take it close to bed. Mm. And, you know, I'd heard many times before where people had said, oh, yeah, you could take vitamin D at, at any point of the day. Uh, but you specifically said not before bed. Mm. Could you explain that, please? Yeah. So when it comes to vitamin D, uh, we know that our bodies manufacture, synthesize vitamin D from the sun. So the issue with this is like, if you are supplementing with vitamin D before bed, you're basically signaling, because remember the sun actually helps to set our circadian rhythm. So if you're telling your body that you're getting a massive influx or exposure to sun just before you're falling asleep, what that does is that vitamin, that vitamin D can actually suppress and lower melatonin. And that melatonin is our master sleep hormone. It's the reason why you're wearing those blue blockers right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just, it doesn't, it really just doesn't make sense, both from a, just a logical perspective, but also from a scientific perspective. And if you have a look at some geeks that have run experiments, um, they've actually deliberately used vitamin D in high doses before bed they've seen drop-offs in their REM sleep and deep sleep scores using the aura ring, um, which I have, I think, do you have an aura ring? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Mm. That's, that's really, really interesting to know. And it, and it makes sense. It does yeah. make sense because, mm, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, that the body naturally would have understood uh, vitamin D as yeah coming from the sun so that's really interesting what's it first of all are you sort of like an omnivore do you have a, any specific type of diet I don't know carnivore vegan fruitarian pescatarian uh, well <laughs> do you follow anything like what's 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 your diet saying geez well I would say maybe in the last probably couple of years, I, I'm, I've always been a big meat eater, animal-based, um, and that's probably, I've taken that to another level. I'm mostly animal-based, um, but I do include, I'm, I'm not ditching vegetables completely. I think that just um, doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I do use specific veggies. I'm pretty... There's, there are some veggies that I don't like. So spinach, I don't have any of, I don't have any spinach because, you know, rich in oxalates. I know a lot about oxalates. Um, but in general, man, you know, some days like with my food intake, you know, I, I joke around with one of my friends that like, I'm like keto from nine till 3 p.m. Then I'm carnivore from three to like 10 p.m. Just, just <laughs> silly, silly stuff like that. But Realistically, man, I don't adhere to any particular diet per se. Um, I'm just really smart with which foods to select that meet my energy expectations and also just, you know, foods that I enjoy as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't avoid red meat. I don't, I don't even avoid dairy, to be honest. Um, like, I'm, 
I'm fine with dairy. I've gotten my gut to a point where I can tolerate dairy. I can have fruit without issues. So really, I want to be able to enjoy my life and, and, and enjoy these foods. So, yeah. yeah. You have some people that are very seasonal based with, with their food. They're like, well, at this time of year, we wouldn't really have fruit. So... We shouldn't eat it. I guess the seasons in, in Australia is very different. You probably got fruit all the time. I mean, we've got fruit here, but you know what's going to be in season and what's not. And much of it is not going to be in season now. However, it's still all available. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Anyhow, you, you'd mentioned about uh, something about, did you mention something about meat? What did you say about meat? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how to not fear red meat? Yeah. Yeah. So there's people who actually fear it. Yeah. If, if people who are not vegan, I understand vegan people, but would there be anyone else other than vegan? Yeah, there's still, there's still people that are scared of, they've, they've just been told like red meat is bad for you. Um, mm. So that, that post, I think I did a video, I did a video on, um, breaking down how to stop worrying about red meat because there's the theory that red meat can increase um, TMAO, which is like a harmful metabolite that can cause heart disease, right? Um, and if you look at it, basically for those who are so paranoid and worried that red meat might contribute to heart disease, which is very debatable and not even true, um, there are ways to offset yet again to, to minimize the, it's harm reductionist mentality, right? So if you're going to have red meat, then have some balsamic vinegar with it, have some red wine or have some pistachios. All three of those things can uh, reduce that TMAO buildup, which is the dangerous thing that red meat supposedly increases. So it's like, all right, you're going to have your red meat. Well, Fine, have your red meat, but if you want to be so, if you want to stop worrying about it, just have some red wine or some balsamic vinegar, and you're gonna reduce that TMAO production, so you can have your red meat in peace, I guess. Okay, I've got some balsamic. I'll bear that in mind, and I've got some red meat. So I've never even worried about this TAMO, whatever that is. I, I don't even <laughs> think I heard of it before until now. So let me worry about it, and then not worry about it. Cool. Um, how do you normally cook your meat? I know there's different, I've heard different things. You hear people say, oh, make sure you don't cremate it and, you know, don't, don't cook it for too long. And there's so many ways I'm hearing. There's right ways and wrong ways. What's your thoughts on uh, cooking your meat to the point where you might destroy too much of its quality? And what's, yeah, what's the right way? Yeah, so it, it is very clear that overcooking red meat causing it to burn, like to go black, fully black, um, is going to be detrimental to physiological function. It's going to, it's going to, it's not healthy in general. That's definitely one thing we cannot, <laughs> we cannot, I don't know if we can offset that, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know how we can biohack our way out of that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a product idea, man. Like you got, Gluten Guardian, then you have like burnt red meat Guardian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to work on that one. That's it. 
Yeah. So it's, it's also mentioned that, I don't know, there's certain qualities in the meat. If it, if it goes beyond that, it's like, even if you cook beyond uh, a medium rare, then it's almost like, oh, that's, that's, that's too much now. Like some people believe like the moment the, the blood is gone and that's it, it's too much. Mm. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Have you got any thoughts on that? Jeez, I, I actually don't, I haven't, I haven't properly delved into what actually happens to some of the, do you mean the nutritional profile? Yeah, that's correct. Nutritional profile. Uh, Simply that. uh, I actually don't know what, what changes, you know, whether the Mm. iron content um, lowers or whether the zinc content changes. I'd imagine, hmm, I think it would. Yeah. I think there's like by cooking soup, certain foods, even microwaving, (laughs) Microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nuking your food like <laughs> radioactive that's yeah. insane now oh. banned now banned in russia i think maybe oh Microwave. really yeah wouldn't surprise me uh, it should be banned everywhere in all fairness mind you i do have one in my house but i don't recall the last time it was switched on I just have it there. It's there for emergency. <laughs> Let's just say that, uh, you know. Yeah, decorations, yeah. Just the ads. <laughs> it's that, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, do you eat uh, organ meat? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm a huge fan of ch- chicken hearts. I really enjoy the flavor. Compared to, like, liver, uh, liver's really disgusting. Uh, and no matter... Right. No matter how much salt or tomato sauce, you know, I still struggle to get the liver down. Um, the kidneys are quite good. I enjoy eating beef kidneys. Um, and they're very, by the way, these organ meats, fantastic for um, male hormonal health. Um, I speak about them in, in my um, nootropics course as well. They're definitely like the leading foods that men should be eating to optimize um, testosterone. So chicken hearts, beef kidneys, chicken liver, um, they're probably my go-tos. I don't really have many other ones. Um, I've used a lot of the glandulars though, like a lot of the um, glandular extracts as well. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan? I mean, you, can you tolerate the, the liver at all? Or? To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get on that sort of the platform. I hear everybody talking about organ meats like it's a... I don't know, a trend, like it's a new thing. Everyone's excited about it, you know, showing their pictures of organ meat on their plate. And I'm like, I've got no picture to show right now. <laughs> so I think, I think my stepping stone into eating organ meat is, um, I was thinking about doing a liver pate. I think if I do that, I can just put that on my plate with something else and that can work if I do it like that. But to have a dry liver on my plate i think i might vomit violently (laughs) um as for heart um i think that will literally make my heart palpitate Uh, (laughs) i've watched some videos and people make it sound delicious you know i I really want to try that i really do um but it's the thought that it's a heart I think that's it. I need to get that out of my head. Um, but kidney, I used to eat kidney all the time. I used to have steak and kidney pie 
proper GMO kidney. But um, yeah, I used to eat kidney a lot. So I think I could definitely start off on that pretty easily, the kidney. Um, and then, yeah, maybe work my way through. Yeah, one of those. I need, I need to figure it out. As I said, probably the, the, the pate will probably be the way forward. There's loads of different ways you can do that. You know, once you put it in the blender and you can even chuck in some, some cranberries in there if you want, just to jazz it up a bit, you know, and spread it on an oat cracker or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> be creative, you know. Um, I think that would be my introduction to introducing some uh, uh, organ meats. But I just wanted to know your take on it because I know it's such a big thing with its, its uh, nutritional density. Um, some people are like, you need to eat organ meat in your diet. You know, especially as you're a big meat eater and you've, uh, you've taken out a lot of the, uh, you've taken out spinach. Do you eat kale? No, I don't eat kale. No, no, no. Um, so does oxalates uh, affect you a lot? Or you just uh, don't like the taste? or Spinach, I notice like if I have too much, then um, I, I will start to notice digestive issues. Like, but it's always delayed. That's why it's so difficult to figure this out, is that when you eat these foods, you, you, you may not notice the symptoms until like the next day. That's why it's really difficult, in particular... When it comes to like improving digestive function, that's I think the hardest thing is like so being so clued on to like, right, which food's affecting me. It's like you went out for dinner last night. For example, there's another food, um, potato starch. If I eat potato starch, man, I will be not bedridden, but I'll, I'll, my, I will just be fatigued for a whole week, like an entire week. Potato starch, I may be allergic to it. I haven't done any testing or whatever, but all I know is that if I consume it, I will be like, my performance will just drop physically in the gym, man. Like when I train, I just feel weaker, so much weaker. Like the next day, I just feel um, reduced muscle strength, reduced pumps in the gym, like things like that. Mm. Um, just by exposure. If I mean, in terms of looking at what happens, I mean, we know it's going to be affecting the immune system is there some sort of autoimmune based thing that's occurring from these food triggers? Like we know that certain foods can increase the onset of so many diseases um, if they're, if they're sensitive to them and if they affect the immune system. So not that multiple sclerosis runs through my family, but when I eat potato starch, man, I, I do get a lot of the symptoms of MS. I know it's, like, I'm not, I'm being a little bit paranoid here, but I do, the blood pressure does tank. I do get dizzy. I do feel fatigued. So it's like, scrap that. Yeah. Scrap. Okay. Okay. Oh. You know, I'm just trying to think besides actual proper kryptonite food. Um, I'm just trying to think what would might be deemed as healthy, but affects me i think i might have had an issue with spinach before um but if uh yeah if it's raw if it, if it comes in like um like in a salad then i avoid that you know but if yeah. i steam it it won't be as bad 
Um, mm. But if it's in a salad, I'm like, yeah, I ain't touching that shit. No way. Um, and peanuts as well. If I eat peanuts, then my stomach swells up. I look at least four and a half months pregnant. It's insane. Gassy. It's, uh, yeah. Probably foggy head as well. Yeah. Doesn't quite work for me. Yeah. What about, let's talk about caffeine. I know you mentioned about certain foods that can slow down caffeine production in the body and um, some foods that can speed it up. Mm. That's really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. So with um, so when we look at caffeine, we need to understand that it is metabolized by an enzyme in the liver, primarily in the liver. Um, and I think it's a CYP1A2. I'm pretty sure I have to, I'll have to double check. But that, that's the enzyme that basically it's, it's, it's used to metabolize and or excrete caffeine. So what actually happens with a certain family of vegetables, like the brassica um, family of vegetables, they can influence, they can actually upregulate or downregulate that enzyme in liver. Um, so it can do that quite, like quite significantly. So if we either, if we increase that enzyme, if you so you're increasing that enzyme that clears it out, then you're going to have shorter acting caffeine. Like the the caffeine is not going to affect you for as long. But if you mm-hmm. downregulate that enzyme, then caffeine clearance will take longer. So it just sort of makes sense if you look at foods that either speed up or decrease that enzyme, then you're going to basically be manipulating how long caffeine lasts. For example, um, I don't know if you've done a, uh, a 23andMe genetics test at all. Uh, I've done a genetics test, but not, not 23andMe. It was, uh, I think it was called Circle DNA. And it did say that I was a slow metabolizer for caffeine. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I'm, I'm the same as you. So that's, I guess we're in, a better position there um, because we're more responsive to caffeine. I'd rather be more responsive than non-responsive. So the only only caveat there is um, that we have to be careful with it affecting our sleep as well. Yeah. Yeah. I notice even if I have it at two, then that's it. I'll be up until two and o'clock in the two o'clock in the morning or yeah, just super active. (laughs) <laughs> thinking i think i could stay up for another day it's crazy yeah. mm. um mm. okay and what are the foods um that would uh slow down the production of or the or the slow the meta- metabolism of of coffee and speed it up do you have any food but, types yeah I, i'm pretty sure that post that i did it was the brassica-based foods, which mm-hmm. are like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, yeah, cauliflower, pretty sure that they actually slow down the excretion of caffeine. Um, I'll have to double-check that just to make sure I'm not getting that the other way around because I've been... <laughs> but but then the... Um, I should 
check your yeah. post. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just have a quick scan because um, <laughs> between that and then the other family was the Appiaceae family, I think. Um, that's also um, been shown to affect caffeine metabolism as well. So if I have a coffee and eat a cauliflower in the morning, then uh, it will last a bit longer. Well, uh, exactly. <laughs> is, is, what if I blend it with my coffee? <laughs> is that the trick? Oh, so it's the other way around. So I got, it's right. the brassic vegetables actually speed up caffeine. So broccoli, kale, radish, cauliflower, all those actually speed up caffeine clearance. And then right. the ones that slow down are carrots, celery, parsley and parsley okay i could put some parsley in my coffee (laughs) 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 that that could work (laughs) (laughs) yeah just just blend blend it up in a nutribullet that's what i'm saying bro yeah okay That's awesome. Well, that, yeah, you know what? That's it. That's interesting, though. That's interesting. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Legumes. What's your thoughts on legumes? Um, you know, I, I eat them fine. They don't really affect me too much. Uh, they do, obviously, no matter how good your digestion is, they're still going to cause a bit of bloating and flatulence to a degree. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Like no matter how robust and resilient you are, you're still going to get that inevitable increased fighting frequency. And things like Man, that. I thought it was just me. Uh, wow, pinto beans, um, cannellini beans, um, uh, butter beans. Yeah, I've had moments. I'm like, wow, this is pretty dangerous right now. I don't know yeah. like, if anyone should be near me. So, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. Um, I remember look, reading uh, Dave Asprey's book, um, Bulletproof Diet, and he was, he was talking about different nuts. And he was talking about, I think he said that there was a problem with like every single nut. It was like problem, problem. He found something about all of them apart from one which was a macadamia nut. I think that was the only one he was like, do you know what? You want a bulletproof nut, macadamia nut is the one which is on top. Uh, What's your thoughts on nuts? Is there any which you feel are on the top spectrum? Would you agree? Would you not agree? Mm. Okay. So in terms of, all right, I'm going to look at it from a male hormonal perspective, perspective. Mm. So like testosterone optimization, uh, the best nuts for that would be, um, macadamias. Yes. Macadamia is number one, then Brazil nuts. Um, and then, oh, tiger nuts as well. Tiger nuts. They're not technically a nut. Um, but they're also really bullets. Good. <laughs> yeah. I've tried eating that. I thought I was going to lose my teeth. I, yeah. I don't understand. What's it? Are you supposed to soak them first or something? I remember I bought them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't eat this. I end up just putting it in my smoothie and it was nice in the smoothie. Uh, mm. But like, how, how do you eat that? 
Yeah, they're, they're difficult. They're difficult. You can get, I think, roasted. The roasted ones, even they're pretty, like, really hard to actually bite. Um, they're very high in resistant starch, I'm pretty sure. I, I think that may affect its composition. Um, but which nuts would I be avoiding in terms of, like, just for optimizing health? Um, cashews are not amazing. They don't really have any... They have a little bit of copper, um, but they're not... Oh, they wouldn't be my go-to. If I had like a trail mix, I'm going hiking or whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be just, you know, I'd make sure that cashews are less than 5% in my mix. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. They taste all right. They taste all right, though. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't think so. What about uh, pecan? Pecan nuts. What's your thoughts oh, on those? Yeah, they've got um, some interesting fatty acids in there, like alpha linoleic acid, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only they're all, they're okay. Um, yeah, pecans. There'd be others. There'd be some other interesting constituents found in pecan. I might actually just do a post on pecans. Yeah, I need yeah. to do some research. I'll do a Why post not? on it. Awesome. 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 Cool. I know you'd mentioned about vitamin D not having it close to bed. And um, I think you've done another post, which was on pomegranates saying that it can decrease your melatonin. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised when I read that. I'm like, damn, kind of pomegranate after dinner. Um, <laughs> wow yeah yeah I, I normally have that in a salad you know make a salad chuck in some pomegranates yeah man obviously that's in the evening well no no but i would say late afternoon maybe five six ish or something like that but yeah yeah talk yeah. to me talk to me how, how does it all work out yeah so that study there was um i was quite surprised when i saw that it basically they were measuring um, the metabolite of melatonin um, in subjects that did consume pomegranates. Um, and one thing that they found was like it was a dose-dependent relationship, which means that the more pomegranate that they ate, the less melatonin they actually produced. So uh, in that regard, I would say like a good rule of thumb would be, yeah, don't, don't smash a whole bowl of pomegranate just before bed. Like if you're having a snack, like let's say, I don't know, if you go to bed at like 10 p.m. or whatever, you wouldn't want to be having like a whole thing of pomegranate just before bed. The same will also apply to pomegranate extract and also pomegranate tincture as well. Not just the fruit, but also mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. But I mean, but pomegranate's so amazing though. Like it's got so many, so many powerful um, medicinal properties in the body. And, and one in particular that's really, really profound is its amazing effects on gut health as well. Um, yeah, just minimizing harmful bacteria, supporting the growth of good bacteria, reducing, um, like having antiviral properties, antipathogenic effects. Like it's really a useful tool if somebody's got major digestive issues. Yeah, that's amazing. So if a person is going to have it, what? I don't know. Stop, stop eating it. 
almost like treated like coffee in a sense. You don't have it too late. Yeah. Right, right. Interesting. I think you'd mentioned so so this cinnamon, which to many is known is uh people use it to regulate blood sugar levels, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess that's sort of like one of the reasons that is, is obviously other benefits, but as you were saying, they do have like multiple purposes, but people just find the one thing and it's like, yep, I'm going to take it only for that. You know, yeah. um, just like zinc testosterone. That is it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you also mentioned that it could increase your adrenaline. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, with one of the compounds found within cinnamon called cinnamaldehyde, um, yes, that, that can bind to a receptor in the brain. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, found in the brain called the TRPV1 receptor. And that can actually influence um, the body's release. It can prompt the release of adrenaline. Whether or not that lasts for a long time, because adrenaline is very short acting, very quick. You know, mm. we don't we don't have adrenaline pumping all the time for a long time. It's a very short acting bang, just gets you gets you going. But cinnamon, um, and this is part of the reason why it's found found in a lot of fat burners. You know, there's like fat fat metabolizing products or things that help with fat loss, partially due to the fact that it you know may increase adrenaline, just like chili. You know, chili also binds to that same receptor that can um, increase adrenaline. So whether or not that's a bad thing, in terms of it's just being smart with timing, you're not going to have a whole teaspoon of cinnamon just before bed because it's probably not going to help with with sleep. Um, it's also probably not a great idea to have a shit ton of cinnamon just before training because... Well, literally just before training because adrenaline is vasoconstrictive and if we're in the gym we want to get a mad pump <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure i'm just trying to think i'm sure there are cinnamon in some teas like evening teas cinnamon and pumpkin spice and you know you just sit down and drink it in the evening and your heart's palpitating and you're wondering why. <laughs> it's got spice in there as well. <laughs> what the yeah. hell, man? This is crazy. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Look, man, I, 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 think, I think I covered everything. That I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, but um, I think I definitely want to speak to you more about some other stuff. But I think we we covered a fair amount for now. Unless there's anything in specific you want to talk about anything you uh, want. No, I think that's, we've, we've covered a, a wide variety of things. That's for sure. It's been, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been great, man. It's been really interesting. Seriously. Like, it's like you, you, you come up with these interesting stuff, as I said, totally out the box. Where can people find you? I know you're on Instagram. What is your Instagram um, username? So ergogenic health, um, ergogenic underscore health. The people can find me on YouTube. I've literally just pivoted. I'm making a huge pivot onto YouTube because mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing a lot more video content. 
Um, so that's boost your biology. They can literally just search boost your biology on YouTube. Um, and then I've got a website as well, which I have heaps of cool supplements, products, things like that. That's ergogenic.health. Awesome. Awesome. Are you on Twitter at all? Oh, geez. One of the only, I mean, I am, but I barely use it, but I should probably jump onto it. <laughs> yeah. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Moments when you want to just, uh, do a little bit of micro blogging. It's cool. I go on there just to talk some rubbish sometimes, just random stuff. <laughs> yeah. I follow Donald Trump just to listen to some of his bogus and it's just, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. The guy is, he's a comedian <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh man. But, um, uh, Facebook, do you have a Facebook page at all? Yeah, I do. So, um, that's ogajank.health. They'll be able to find me there as well. Awesome. I've got awesome. actually run, actually run, some massive Facebook groups as well. Um, I've got one called Nootropics and Biohacking Australia. I run that group. That's like 3,000 members. Um, and awesome. yeah, a few other cool ones there as well. Yeah, so you, you just send me all of the links and I'll put them in the show notes at the moment this podcast is up and then yeah, everyone will be easy. able to find you everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Nah, it's been great, man. Been absolutely great. And I definitely want to check out some of them herbs you were talking about. Um, sure. You know, the, uh, let's try and remember now. The Katawa, Katawa, Katawa? Katawa. Katawa, Katawa, yes. Yeah. Need me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Lucas, it's been incredible. Thank you very much for your time, my friend. Let's, let's catch up again, man. I'm sure there's much more we can cover. This was yeah. just tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it was fun, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, very honored to be here, really. So thanks, thanks for having me on the show. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Thank you very much. You take care, sir. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips so always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.